This is The Rest is PR with Lyle Fulton and Jackie Balls. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to The Rest is PR. My name, as I hope it will always be, barring any incident at all with any description, is Lyle Fulton. And I'm joined, as I hope I always will be, by the absolutely brilliant Jackie Balls. Jackie, we're back again. It's Thursday afternoon. We've got another fantastic guest on the podcast, but without wanting to break from tradition, because I tried to do that a few weeks ago and you got a bit upset with me, quite rightly so. How have you been this last week or so? How are you doing this fine Thursday afternoon? I want to make sure now that I always ask you how you are, because I think that's important. When did I get upset? I've got such a short memory. No, no, no. You said, I believe, I believe I said, normally I'd ask you how you are, but I just want to get straight stuck into this. And you went, ask me how I am. You always ask me how I am. (laughs) And I feel you're just throwing me out of whack now. You don't ask me how I am. So I'm going oh, to. Yeah. How are you? How I just you like throwing you out of whack, basically. No, I'm great. I'm great. I've got to stop talking about the wedding. It, I, I've just got to stop talking about it because it's getting boring now. But my last week has been people have been bugging me about photos. I made this, I thought, very clever idea of putting... So, you know, a lot of people put the disposable cameras on the tables so that people can all take pictures of each other. And I thought, I don't like waste and I don't like all this sort of disposable stuff. So I'm going to get these little child's digital cameras that people could use on the tables and take pictures of each other and the, and videos. And they could do anything, really. Whereas with disposable cameras, you only got sort of like 20 shots or whatever. So I was feeling very proud of myself and everything. Anyway, four of those digital cameras have gone missing. <laughs> so I don't know where they are. And five of them are still in my hands, but I haven't had time to download all the pictures and everything else. And I've only just got the photos for the other, everyone else's photos. So everyone's saying, where are the photos from the wedding? We want to see them. And I'm just like, ah, I do not have enough hours in the day to compile all these different streams of photos. You sent me some lovely photos of me. Actually, I'm going to correct that. You sent me a a rather quizzical looking photo of me at the table where I'm just sort of like looking like I don't know where I am. You know, you look like you're waiting for your audience. Yeah, where where is my audience and or my food and or both at the same time was kind of the vibe. And then a really beautiful one. I suppose I would say this is unbiased, but a really beautiful one of my wife. Oh, stunning picture of Alice. However, we, this is... I don't think I've told you this yet. We utilised this camera and you will have our camera because to the best of my knowledge, none, no one on our table, Ludo is quite prominent at our <laughs> table. So unless Ludo's eaten it, which I doubt he has, you will have the camera on our table. But my wife, and we mentioned him in a previous episode of the podcast, Lerone, got so into taking photos around the wedding that um, I think it ran out of space. And I think the final few photos we took were basically just of like tables and chairs by accident. So we took these really beautiful, really beautifully staged and beautifully lit photos and they may not be on there. So I'm really intrigued. If you find Aww. them, that'd be great because Al was really proud of them. My wife was very, very proud of them. We are very, very proud of the guest we have. Well, on. I was going to do a really clever segue. Go on then, go find Those the photos that people have seen so far have been the ones that have been put on social media. That's better. That's better. I won't lie to you. That is better. That's a brilliant segue. You're getting so good at this. That it's getting to the point now where if I even start to try, I'm going to catch myself. You honestly delivered such brilliant segues the last couple of episodes. We are joined 
listeners by an absolutely fantastic guest. We're delighted to have her here. It is the absolutely brilliant Hannah O'Donoghue Hobbs. Hannah, welcome. Before we chat to you about all things social media, as Jackie's just alluded to, I'm going to do my quintessential, some might call it embarrassing, I think it's just brilliant, introduction to all of our guests, where I rattle off a list of things our wonderful guests do. And listeners, Hannah does brilliant work in this industry. She's a freelance... And that all like... Oh, oh no, oh, no. Yeah. but look I, <laughs> what people don't realize is it's fueling the fire listeners it fuels the fire when people go oh no I'm like brilliant here we go let's launch it like, <laughs> here we go Hannah. <laughs> Hannah is a freelance social media manager and trainer with experience in helping businesses put their best foot forward online she's previously been the social media coordinator at Casato uh, where she worked to create and implement their social media strategy across the UK Ireland Spain and Germany and prior to that She's been a digital marketing executive at the Fuller Research Group. She's held roles at Manchester-based organization Research Opinions, Access Summit, and she's also worked for the Cooperative Banking Group. She's also listeners, and this is quite relevant, and we're going to talk a little bit about it in this episode. This is relevant to a recent episode we released, very recently, been on GB News, which we're very, very keen to talk about. There is an interesting story as well behind Hannah being on GB News insofar as, and I'm not going to ruin it too much, she didn't realise she was going to be on GB News, which is <laughs> brilliant and I cannot wait to ask her all about it. First things first though, Hannah, how are you this fine Thursday afternoon? How have you been? I'm really good, thank you, yeah. I'm on top of my to-do list this week, loving life, but that's Brent. a good thing. I'm on top of my to-do list, yeah. My to-do list for this week is moved to next week, so oh, fair enough. Big plaudits to you. <laughs> yeah, I just, this week I'm like, I'm on it crack on and yeah a few late nights but i'm on top of it now brilliant stuff and a good place to be before friday even because normally that's kind of where you want to be friday lunchtime friday afternoon so you can kind of chill out on friday evening but actually to even be there on thursday spot on we do this with all our guests and i apologize so much in advance that it's such a wide-ranging question but we're always just really intrigued tell us how you came to be working in the social media and digital marketing sector like what's your journey from you know graduation qualifications you you got to, to where you are now so it's really really wiggly like my first job and one of the ones I loved the most was working in a care home I was I got that job when I was 16 it's my auntie's nursing home and I was like this is me like I am fine here with all my residents like let's do it now and then I just kind of I stayed there for a while until it started messing up with like going out. Basically, it was ruining my vibe. I had to be home that early to start the early morning shift, and I was like, "No, this is what matters to me. It's going out." So um, then I went to the co-op bank and just lots of like the co-op bank we were doing oh outbound sales, so miss selling a lot of credit cards. It's back in the day with you can just ring someone up like, "Can I give you some money that you have to pay crazy amounts for?" Awful, awful, awful. But yeah, so just a lot of squiggly, different jobs and different things and just, you know, going to college, following that by going to uni because everyone else was. I did social change. That was my degree, which doesn't exist anymore. And I specialise in communications, which isn't relevant. But I really just, yeah, like I said, just went because that's what you do after college. What I didn't know, like I didn't know what marketing really was. Didn't know social media wasn't a thing. This is 2010. It wasn't a job anyway. So I just I found my best friend, and that was about it from uni. That was all I got. A lovely, but you know, it's a lot of money for for her. But that's nice. <laughs> um, it was kind of following. I did a masters. I started a masters in like preschool education because I like 
kids. So I, I well, then I just had my own and that was fine. <laughs> I don't need to then. I was like, yeah, that's all right. So it was just kind of, I just, that was the first thing that I quit. I quit that and I felt like, oh my God, this is awful. But I knew that wasn't for me. So I went back to a temporary job, which is at Research Opinions at the time, which is a market research agency. And I really liked that. So that became my full-time job. And then after a few years there, I moved into digital marketing. They supported me in getting qualification in that. So I got like a level three, which I think is like an A-level equivalent in digital marketing. And then pandemic hit. And I've got a bit more squiggly, but yeah, basically the pandemic hit and furlough shook me. I was at home with a two-year-old and I have never like not worked. I've never not had, even on mat leave with Cora, I set up a business selling baby muslin cloths. Like I just, now if someone said, do you want six months off paid? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Let's do it. But I don't know. I just, yeah, went into panic mode and needed some kind of structure. So I started offering just free like workshops for businesses who were shut down. Um, so like hairdressers and pubs, anyone basically locally to me who wanted right. to jump on Zoom and like talk about how we can keep their socials popping while no one could use them. So that really helped me. Like I just have a bit, not a purpose, because obviously I was looking after Cora, keeping us all alive. My husband was, he says the key worker, he's in construction. So he was out like nonstop and doing more shifts and stuff. But yeah, doing that and obviously speaking to people and kind of networking. I did over like 200 workshops during the lockdowns and it was, it was just lovely. I wasn't saving anyone's lives or like that, but it was a nice thing to do. And that made me realize that I do have a bit of self-belief. Like I know what I'm talking about. I've helped these people grow and I love social media. Like I've since, you know, since MySpace, I've been obsessed and it's been like my thing that people come to me for help. So yeah, then I took myself seriously and set up Hannah is Social, uh, which I hate as a name. Clearly I'd lost my mind, had some kind of corona fog. I hate it, but everyone <laughs> knows it now. You can't change There's it. No, I can't, like, Hannah is Social, I'm not at all. And <laughs> I hate it, I hate it. It's gone too far. There's things printed. It's terrible. It's, it does what it says on the tin. I like it. I like, I like it. it. I'm going to throw my hands up and say I like it. I think it's great. But look, in fairness, what happened. we are an appreciative to everyone's opinions podcast, especially ones who have actually created the name for themselves. <laughs> That's so just, yeah. So I set up, I've still, you know, taken on a few clients as well as my digital marketing job. Got pregnant with my second little girl going on mat leave and I was cons- like a quarter considering going freelance. Like I, I loved being at home with them, you know, working. And obviously once I went back after Nelly, I wouldn't have that freedom. I'd be in and out of town, which I hated doing. And so, yeah, it was just kind of weighing everything up. And then six weeks after Nelly was born, I was offered a full-time role at Casato, um, which was they're an amazing baby brand. I just had a baby. It made like they were, it's remote working, but you go into the office once a week. They were happy for me to bring Nelly because obviously she was so fresh. Um, and yeah, it just made sense. I slotted in with them like I'd never not been there. And yeah, and still kept my clients going alongside. It obviously gave a lot of my life and soul to Casato because I was in the baby I was in the the zone, same zone as like the customers and all of our audience and followers. So I was just obsessed, like content nonstop. And when 
I went above and beyond. I'll just say it. <laughs> above and beyond. But then unfortunately it was made redundant earlier this year, which is sad, but gave me the full nudge into being self-employed and being here, which I feel like is a great thing. Like it's really, I'm not to be too like woo off the bat, but I feel like some of those things do give you a nudge and like this is what I'm meant to do. And it's just happened very easily like at first I was like oh my god like money which I hate having to think about money instead of just doing what I love I'm like I need a certain amount of money now each month but it has just happened and clients have come on board switch places whatever so yeah that's how I've got here that's brilliant <laughs> and well done well Thanks. done I mean you you talk about it so eloquently and you talk about it so easily and so organically but it is hard work being a mum being self-employed you know literally people forget when you're self-employed you actually have to ask for people for money as well as do the work and so you've got all of that back-end stuff that you've got to handle all the admin and so and keep a household running so (laughs) (laughs) we're all here uniforms are on people are fed (laughs) I mean that's that in and of itself is incredible, and 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 in fairness, as as someone who's self-employed myself, I mean, I I, I work for Jackie at Mozo, but I'm also an actor and I'm a musician as well. And the the asking the 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 Mozo actually, and I'm not just saying that because Jackie's here, and hopefully no one, no none of my other employees listen to this. Although actually, I really hope people do listen <laughs> to the podcast. But the Mozo great because it's just like same time every time and I get on really well with Jackie and the brilliant Justine and things like that but you'd be amazed yeah the number of times that you're having to do all the kind of yeah, the behind the scenes admin and you're like it's, just, it's awful like even people have been with me a few years and I'm like why are we it's the same day the invoice is the same day every time yeah oh I don't I don't get it it's literally it's the it's best. Too- if it's not the same numbered day it's the exact same monday every month that i send you it and the exact same <laughs> friday i would absolutely love for that to arrive but i'm actually really intrigued and i'm gonna sort of you know fall on my sword here a little bit i'd like to think i do some great research here but i had no idea that you've done a social change degree which is a really really interesting degree to have done because like you say it no longer exists anymore and yeah. i actually have a question as to because there's a question I sent you across before we started this podcast, which is like, how do you come to even begin to formulate a social media strategy with the advent of influencer marketing and like all these advancements in technology? But one imagines that actually having a social change background, plus you having, you know, you, you know, sort of use your own initiative to go in and sort of, you know, help with these social media accounts means that you have a really, really kind of established and really well-rounded understanding of where to begin and how to start from literally scratch from, from basically nothing. I mean, is, is that something that you would say as a yeah. student? How do you go about that as well? Yeah, probably kind of accidentally. I was sit, like I said, I was too young to be at uni. Like I had no life experience. Like I was coming from my mum's house every day. Like sometimes I get a lift. Like just, I know, as, oh, I've got one of those memories on Facebook where I'd asked a question that obviously was something in uni that we were talking about. And I'm like, how does um, diversity affect like community growth? Like, oh. <laughs> Just because I had no, I had no life experience then. So I think maybe the, the skills and like the research stuff that I learned then definitely helped, not at the time, but yeah, develop like as part of what I'm doing. But I love the community growth part. I love, especially now on most social media platforms where it's not the numbers that matter it's the communities that you've grown and the audience that are your super fans like it's better to have a hundred people who are advocating for you in real life online than it is to have 
a million followers like full stop so often. true because you can buy those followers can't you people are still buying them and it's, it's dry it's, i hate it and you can yeah. sell i don't know how to make people understand like this is ridiculous in so many different ways not only it looks shady it's bad for the algorithm like people can see you've got eighty-seven thousand followers but three comments it doesn't marry up like it just it doesn't make sense does it but the problem is and see what you think my theory is that it's all because it's the numbers guys who who need yeah. those numbers to justify their interest in an influencer or justify their payment for an ad in a place or payment for a sponsorship. They want to see hundreds of thousands. They don't want to see those very engaged and influential hundreds, those micro influencers that can actually bring in hundreds of thousands of revenue they don't they don't get it and it is so frustrating this is I think people still I had to deal with that at Casata where I was I uh, took over or did maternity cover for uh, the influencer manager there as well which I love like I love putting pieces together like bringing this person's right for this pram or putting like jigsaw together but like people were throwing out names like Stacey Solomon Molly May like which amazing if you can get either of them fab you will pay heavily but fab whereas we had people in the local area with five thousand seven thousand followers who have amazing their audiences on the, like are really listening to what they're work what who they're working with or what they're selling what they're promoting or what they're organically using that it makes so much more sense in terms of money time effort everything and also developing a relationship with those people but having to trying to explain that to people who are like but molly may it's trying to fight that yeah constantly but it's I think that yeah I definitely brought a few influencers in who have still with them now and still are now getting more deals as a result so yeah when you start working with a brand or and it's this is what I love about your background Hannah because you've worked as you said during lockdown you've worked with hairdressers with plumbers you know with every kind of business when you actually when you start with a a a company or a person or a brand what's the first thing what's what's the process that you go through with them so I would definitely audit every existing social media platform they've got make sure they've got well make sure they've got a shop front on everything that's relevant to them and maybe shut down Mm -hmm. some accounts that aren't for example twitter for some businesses it's not like location but for example hairdressers plumbers it's not it's a bit on, not a good use of time or my time that they're going to, you know, going to be paying me for. It's not a good platform for them. So just, yeah, order everything that's already there and make sure it's doing everything it needs to do. So this is all the boring bits, like make sure, you know, websites are linked, everything's filled in. You've got all the different bits of, you know, the profile, your bio. And the wiring and yeah. everything's working together. Yeah. All the stuff where I'm like, okay, it's going to take me a few hours. And they're like, well, there's nothing there. It's like, mm. It's all the behind the scenes bits. Uh, I love doing Instagram audits. Like my favorite thing to do. I'm such a geek. But <laughs> love it. It's scrolling through, scrolling through. I what's working? What's not working? What's going on? Yeah, and going all the behind the scenes, like insights and stuff. So they might have a post going out every day at seven a.m. But say it's your audience's mums on a school run. I won't see anything at seven. You want to hit me at eleven or maybe nine p.m. So just yeah, having a little audit of. There's so many things to think of, you know, not only about the content that you're putting out, how to engage people, how to make them want to follow you, 
but also the time that you start talking to people. I mean, it's very complex, really. There are so many factors that affect whether something's successful or not. The, the, so the it's gone. The, I hate when sometimes you have to be like the algorithm, but it is like it, things keep changing, and the time has gone less of less important than it was. It used to be so important to maybe get out first or avoid like busy times to Europe, but now the way things are set up, it's going to be it's so personal to you that it's yeah everything everything varies from like business to business, brand to brand, your phone to the next phone. I was going to ask you actually, which is because this is fascinating for me not just in terms of like the specifics of how you formulate a strategy and how you kind of go through and audit again, I'm 30 years old. I like to think I'm up on my social media and Instagram audit is a phrase that I think, and Jackie's going to laugh me now. I think it's like the first time I've heard that phrase, which is crazy. And I'm pretty sure I'm now going to need <laughs> you to audit my Instagram uh, because there's some stuff on there that's done terribly. I've no doubt. I mean, I don't know what it's supposed to do, but I'm really intrigued as well. This idea of relationships, with your clients yeah. when it comes to social media and formulating a social media strategy and a digital marketing strategy, because Jackie and I have spoken at length in the past on episodes of the podcast about how from a PR perspective, you will start working with the client and they'll go great. Want to be on the BBC, want to be in the New York times, want to be in the financial times. And you'll turn around to a client and go, why, why, why do you want to be in those things? Cause it What's doesn't going to do for you. Yeah, what's it going to do for you? It doesn't make any sense. And then there's, I mean, we're very lucky at Demozo, and we always say this, and people are going to think it's a catchphrase now, but we are being genuine. At Demozo, our clients and ourselves are very much on the same page when it comes to these things. But it does happen in the PR industry where there's a bit of a battle and a bit of a conversation. It strikes me that occasionally you have a similar problem, fair enough, not exactly the same problem, but a similar problem with some of your clients where they're like, why can't we just put it all out in one go? And why can't I get yeah. Molly May? And why can't I get Stacey Solomon, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, how do you approach those conversations and and, and what have been the positives and negatives in terms of experiences yeah. you've had when it comes to showing them that this is the right way to go about it? Yeah, so I definitely have that. So it's like, people think, can we just have this go viral? Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not how it works. No. So then it's like <laughs> you either explain Instagram to someone, like this isn't going to work, or just explain that's not going to be our like what we're looking for right this month. I think there's you can tell with different clients, some person's going to be really understanding when it comes to like now a thousand followers a month might not be doable on the current package you're on. If we're doing three posts a week, we're not going to get a thousand new followers. You can pay for them, pay a fiver and you'll get them, but they're not going to work and also why do you need as a mobile hairdresser why do you need a thousand new followers like are you have you got time for a thousand new clients because that's what I'm trying to get like for each person if you're obviously if you're a big brand like Casata yeah we need a thousand followers you can post worldwide you can post wherever yeah but it's relevant every to each business so it's just trying to and a lot of people are coming away from you know the Kylie Jenner version of Instagram where it's like we just want everything big we need this I mean, the now that we can pay for a blue tick, blue tick doesn't mean anything. It's all these different things can be taken away so quickly. It's like, pay for your blue tick now if you want, but it doesn't, it's kind of taking the shine off it. So yeah, I think just being really clear at, from the outset, like these are the deliverables. That's what you can get. That's what's important and what we're focusing on. And it's not just, um, I've had like nearly half a million views on a reel. Not one client has got, you know, I've not had any clients from it. I've not had any workshops booked in. I've had a load of men bullying me. Like so it's not, it's just not useful or important to get these big numbers sometimes. But people do need telling because sometimes when I'll show like 
okay, so here's like this month's results. It's like, oh, we've had 34 followers. Right, but engagement has gone up by 57% and da-da-da, so... I mean, the measurement's another big issue. It's a big issue for for us in PR, and obviously that will play a part in social media. How how do you measure? Do you set the KPIs right from the start? So it's kind of, I would always with like a caveat, like this is what we're aiming to get. A a big trend could happen. Something could happen where your product is is in need or something like that. Something could change next week. That's why I don't like to schedule too far in advance. Yeah. Social media is so you could plan for a year in advance and your Instagram's just gonna be dead and it's not no one cares, things could change. So I think, yeah, setting out these are our plans, and then every month I'll kind of go through like what content has done really well and more. I think look at it more holistically than like here's some figures that don't mean anything to you. It's like if someone, if a plumber said a load of things to me about my boiler. I don't know. Just tell me, does it work or not? Like, I don't <laughs> what's that? Like, I don't know what is it about it. So I, I just try and think like that. Like, here's what content's done well. Let's replicate that. This, your audience don't care about. We'll try it again in a different format. So yeah, that's how I tend to work. A lot of people do it differently, but I go off more, this is what you want to hear and this is what's going to help us moving forward and make my job easier. I mean, this is it. I mean, it's not just the number of followers anymore, is it? It's quite literally, and I think this Jackie's made an excellent point there as well, when it comes to the parallels you can draw between this and PR, it's not just the number and like the, the, the size of your audience, it's the types of engagement, it's the type of connection you're forging, because I'm with you, I'd far sooner have 30 new followers in a month but they're all really engaging with what I'm putting out there and commenting and sharing it with friends of theirs and really engaging with the product then have 100 new followers and one person shares it with a mate of theirs but the rest of them are just following for the sake of following or because they've been paid to um it's really intriguing actually that you mentioned about some of the slightly more negative interactions you've had with certain (laughs) individuals online when you put certain reels out there let's talk about twitter let's talk about x let's talk about elon Let's talk about GB News. Am I top of any podcast list yet in terms of SEO? I'm just going to keep rattling off these uh, these uh, <laughs> major major labels so that I uh, I SEO optimize this episode of the podcast. Let's talk about this this appearance you made on on GB News and accountability online, which you know, much as I've just had a bit of a joke and a laugh about that. There's a serious understanding to this because obviously, increasingly, you can buy blue ticks. You can be a bit of a big dog online by paying money for it. And then all of a sudden you hold sway and, you know, you're, you're, you're a big name and, you know, you're a big part of the algorithm as it were. I thought you were absolutely brilliant on GB News. First things first, and no jokes about it at the beginning of the recording. Tell us about how you came to be on GB News and the interest behind that. And also a little bit more about what your views are on people being held accountable for what they put out there online and and how that can be improved as, as, as things get more and more complex and technology advances. Yeah. So I'd appeared on, I think, was it Channel 5? or BBC, I've been on BBC News a while ago talking about social, like internet safety and stuff. And so I was contacted again by a producer to see if I wanted to go on GBN, which <laughs> I I think, I don't know if I mentioned it, I've got a two and a six-year-old. So quite often, like, if you call me after half three, it's madness. It, I, it's just it's busy in our house. And I heard G, I heard G, <laughs> and I just ran with, in my mind, good morning, Britain. <laughs> and I was like, amazing. Like, yeah, absolutely. I'll be there. Like, I think it was like eight o'clock in the morning or something. Fine, whatever. I even, this is on me because I even had emails and I replied to things and da 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 and just GBN, whatever. 
We got there in the morning, got there downstairs in my house in the morning and I was sat there. First of all, I couldn't hear. So it started and I couldn't hear a thing. I heard the producer first say, you're next. I was like, okay, that's fine, like whatever. Then I could see them talking. So like we are now, I could see them in the screen talking and I couldn't hear a thing. And I was like, so just try, you can see at the beginning of the clip, I'm like, just smiling, like, just smiling. (laughs) Like, don't know what to do. So I X off the thing and the producer's like, can you not hear? I was like, no, please. I don't know what to do. I didn't know if to smile. (laughs) In my head in that like 10 seconds, I was thinking, could I just start talking? (laughs) (laughs) Could I just say things? I don't know what to say. They helped me out and yeah, I was heard. But yeah, I realized at first I thought, why is the presenter, he's being just very like one, obviously one-sided. So it's, I, I'm sat there like, I don't know why he's being like this. I don't know why he's being like a bit tight. And then I saw the flag and then I saw in the corner, GBM, like, and I was like, oh, no, I saw, good morning, bro. no. Great. I'll see I'm doing it now. GB News. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I was like, right. Okay. All right. So then I realized I've got to go. have it together now because <laughs> clearly it's three against one. So I'm like, oh. And they were like, the man who I was speaking with, I didn't feel was as prepared, maybe. <laughs> he could have been. And he... This is my complaint about GB News. They they don't really know a lot about tech. Just no. Really. It's just he was just there in his bedroom, clearly. And I was like, why am I panicked about that? I moved a picture behind me and everything. I was like, <laughs> you just got out of bed. But that's beside the point. <laughs> it was in my, so about being accountable. So the, the whole topic, I was in my head, it's like, well, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't think there was another side to it. Like if no. you put something on Twitter and you work for a, a brand or even if you work for yourself, you're a person, then yeah. You are, I don't know, I can't see another way around it. So I was like, I feel like if I was to work with someone or collaborate with someone, say we're looking for an influencer, and this has happened, like they were, I forgot her name, was it L? Can't remember her name, with Casato. She had we were working with her, thinking she had a car seat, and then a big thing came out on about YouTube she did like 12 years ago. It was a while ago, but we had to stop working, we had to unfollow her on Instagram because she had to be held accountable for, and yeah. it affected her brand. And I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to say. And then one of them asked me like, do you ever tweet anything that you would have been ashamed of 16 years ago? And I'm like, apart from like things I wore, and I don't know, <laughs> my passionate love for end up. No. <laughs> gonna There's nothing to be ashamed of about being passionately in love with endubs, to be fair. Like that was it, that was everybody. I'm I was a big fan. Yeah, this is the interesting thing about working with influencers, isn't it? You really do have to do your due diligence. You really do, and you've also got to set your own parameters with influencers when you talk to them about working with a brand or with a company. We've run into the same problem. There is no perfect way of doing these things because these are human beings that they they manage to trip you up at any. So I don't get, I, I mean, I don't hold people to judgment on if an influencer suddenly surprises them with something because I've been walked down that, that street myself. We worked with a Love Island person, so I'm not going to name names, who uh, for a dating brand who was trying to find a boyfriend 
we were told oh. we you know we paid decent money for this influencer to be part part of uh, this whole program this whole campaign and it, as it turns out she was rumbled literally the day we started the campaign oh. for having a secret liaison with a the a Tawi celebrity it wasn't even like she had a secret boyfriend a secret, she had a secret yeah. celebrity boyfriend so it is it is really difficult to when you're working those sort of influencer based social media campaigns to to cover all those boundaries i'd like to know though um in terms of your the the sort of campaigns that you work on what's been your favorite i love so this was my interview for casato was it was a really good interview. Like I, I actually loved it. You had to do a presentation about your ideal campaign and what it would involve. And I had been watching throughout lockdown these two friends who met in the park with their little ones with their prams. And they would they're really good dancers. They did dances and like the babies are just parked up and they would dance in the park. And I was watching them. I can't move. I can barely move my legs. I can't walk in a straight line. Like never mind, do any kind of dances. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, these girls like in love. And then, so I included them as part of this dream campaign. I would love to gift them one of our prams and then do a dance and kind of make it more, again, and make a relationship out of it, have them down to Bolton, which is, would have been a mission, but have them to the, because the um, Casato showroom's amazing. Like they've got grass floors, a slide, like it's amazing. So get them there. And then like their babies are only young, so we could have followed the journey with them and give them high chest or whatever. And then after a while of work and then taking over um, the influencer marketing role as well, I got to make that happen. So I just love it. That was like, I was literally, I remember writing. So Nelly would have been maybe four or five weeks old. So I had to get her settled in the evening. I was like writing this big, long like presentation. And I'm thinking, this is mad that I'm even doing this interview. <laughs> and then also like, I'm just like, this is a, dr- a dream campaign, like literally a dream. And then, yeah, I was able to make it happen, sent them, like, I think they got two lots of prams. They did an amazing dance and we got really good, like, views on it. And, you know, and it just all clicked together, like, the engagement on it was amazing. They obviously got um, more kind of kudos from working with a bigger brand than they had done. And it was just lovely. They were really great to work with and it was just... Like... It was a win-win on both sides because it was so ultimately relevant. And... Yeah to both the influencer and the brand. And I think that's when influencer stuff works so well is when it's so truly authentic. It just made sense. And they were and they didn't have massive, massive followings either. Um, I think they were big on TikTok and on Instagram, but it just it all like, like everyone asking them in the comments, oh, where's he pram from? Because Kasata have like got quite bright patterns. Um and the way they dance is just amazing. So it just all all clicked together and it, yeah, it helped help prove my point in meetings moving forward. <laughs> this way yeah so. so what um so we're looking at different platforms I mean obviously everyone's very used to Facebook X as we should be calling it now yeah. um and Insta um and then you've got your more corporate ones like LinkedIn um what about the sort of the rise of TikTok though you mentioned it just now um how do you work with TikTok it is the wild west on there. It is unhinged. I hate to always be like, it is trial and error, but it is still trial and error. I wish everyone, including myself, every brand that I've worked with had got on it when we were laughing at everyone in lockdown. And I wish everyone, like with anything, I wish everyone had taken it seriously because now look at all these big accounts that have just come out of nothing. Um. So yeah, it's now, 
definitely a harder slog to grow as with anything and it's something could do really well out of nowhere something something you could take hours days planning and coordinating will flop but it's definitely it's I offer it to some clients but I'm like it's a lot of work like they recommend you have nine videos a day that is the perfect like schedule that is a lot of content it's not obviously there's like easy wins and ways to get around it and you know doing like just text posts whatever but nine videos a day and I always say oh if I'm questioning something I don't want to put it out so I'd only want everything to be looking great nine it's, it's a lot it's a lot for any brand to grow but I like it as I think the shine there's more and more ads on there and the shine is coming up a little bit and the algorithm is doing more like it used to just be like, oh, anyone can win. But now things have changed a little bit where it's harder. Influencers, are, when you start, the influencers start moaning, then something's going a bit skew with, like when the Kardashians started moaning about Instagram. So yeah, I think it's lost its shine a little bit, but it's still so important. People do their full, people rely on TikTok for shopping. Like, for all, you know, especially clothing and like kind of fast fashion stuff. It's wild. Well, my son is, you know, 14 and completely influenced by TikTok for his purchasing yeah, and, and it's really interesting to see, and we could get into a little bit of dark China kind of thing, but, you know, obviously TikTok's out of China, and then you've got brands like Temu coming from China. Yeah. And being very, very clever with their marketing to get the data that they want on children. And it panics me. It really bothers me. What they do is they literally just give a child a code and say, you pass this code on, we'll give you £15 worth of free stuff from Temu. And we'll give your friend £15 of free stuff. And all they're doing is basically building a great big database of kids oh. and their addresses and their likes and their dislikes. Yeah. My mum loves it. And I'm like, are we enough? I was like, they've already got your data. So carry on now. Carry on. I hovered, <laughs> over, I hovered over buying something from Temu and then didn't because I looked up, like, I, looked, I, I sort of did the thing where I looked it up and... Temu, like, you know, going to try and be as neutral as I can, but they were like, it's just going to break and it doesn't arrive as what it would look like. So I was like, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Well, did I not get a message every day for two weeks? Because yeah. they have my number now from yeah, Temu, they're, like, they're still something in your basket. So, so, so they have so they have the ways of, of doing this and all sorts of things. I mean, it's really, really interesting, isn't it? And I think actually one thing I'm really intrigued by um, what you said earlier on in, in this episode is, you know, obviously you had you had an influencer marketing role and I'm actually so pleased that you've cleared it up for me a little bit because I've always been of the idea and of the opinion that an influencer has to have like millions and millions of followers and, you know, has to be like kind of the, the A-list or the B-list or the C-list. Um, but actually it turns out that anyone can be an influencer really, can't they, if we're being honest? And actually there are loads Absolutely. of influencers on TikTok who, I mean, you're scrolling through TikTok, which I do every now and again. My wife does it a lot more, but I do it every now and again. Uh, I'm going to cover my tracks here. But everyone on there is basically an influencer. If if their if their video has more than a certain number of views, and it will do on TikTok because of the way the algorithm works, and a certain number of likes, it doesn't matter if they have millions and millions of followers. They're an influencer. Yeah. It's not really a question. It's more of a point I'm making. You can either kind of be afraid of that, of how everyone is slowly becoming an entrepreneur in of themselves, or you can tap into it, which I think is what you do and kind of see yeah. their opportunities doesn't matter how big their following is their opportunities with what they're doing and their output is that sort of something that you tap into to quite regularly definitely yeah in terms of content and so even if you know you work with an influencer and I follow I think she's got 2,000 followers and she's got a YouTube channel this girl that I'm obsessed with and there's a, all these girls that I love but 
and she shows up like she has three million followers. Her content is like, I mean, she's invested in like equipment and she dream believes achieves into being this influencer. So working with her or anyone like, there's lots of people like that who she's going to make content for you that's going to be evergreen. You can use it time and time again. It's saving, so for example, me with the, the prams at Casato, it's saving me from having to bring another pram home, get into a park, da, da, da. If you can get someone who is th- that invested in themselves, it saves you time for just, even just posting to your own Instagram, but then as well as the kind of community they're building, she could be the next Molly May and you've got that kind of claim, like, oh yeah, we worked with her, da, da, da. So it's, there's loads of different ways to work. I say, even if there's like, you know, even someone we can work with just for content, there's a few people we did that with and it just makes sense. It just And we got some of our best, best reels, best like engagement and also just for the brand as well. So we've now got, well, I don't work there anymore. I keep saying we've, it's now on the website. Um, and yeah, doing wonders. Content production, is that... Is that the sort of the biggest time suck? The the you know the most expensive part of the process is coming up with the content, generating the visuals behind it, and everything else. Yeah, so that's, it's something that I love doing. I really, really do. When you have, we need sixteen videos. We need like twenty four TikToks. It can just be like I've got no more left. <laughs> but no, I can't do any more memes. I can't do any more trending sounds. It can really, really drain you. I found that a lot. Like just what stood looking at a pram, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what more can I say about this pram? <laughs> look at these wheels. Please look at the wheels again. But, oh yeah, um, dogs in prams again. <laughs> it's just, it's a lot, but I, I love it. It's a really, it's great when you can like get a new product or you get a new service that you can like, you know make the most of but that is the it could take you know you could get a week to get a really good like content bank built up and then it's like the, the clients have to pay for that they have to pay for your time and it's a lot it's really and also that's what I think I find a lot of clients that's the first moment they have is I just don't have time for all this content like because they're running their businesses I spoke to a florist the other day obviously like an artist like the way they I could never put these things together and she's like yeah I just don't know how like what content we could get I'm like <laughs> at this rate it's, it's, just- all behind you. it's watching you just make a bou- bouquet i could honestly stand in the shop and watch them make a bouquet every different type of bouquet they make is in itself a little work of art yeah yeah i know exactly what you mean i mean there's also a real market right yeah. it's oh. like uh, i think you get in any business you get blind to what is exciting to other people like i could watch them do that ribbon thing with the yeah. system. oh non-stop oh i spent, I, I spent but, an alarming amount of time an unsettling amount of time right and i'm gonna i'm gonna dig my wife out here as well right i spent an unsettling amount of time i'm gonna go first and then she's gonna save my embarrassment with what she does i spent about 45 minutes the other night i got myself on an instagram page and it's i can't remember the exact name of it but they wash rugs oh they, i love they, that they, one. They, they clean rugs it's called like ocean yeah. rug cleaning and it's just the the most hideously awful grubby rugs that they how like do the rugs spray. get like that how yeah. do they get a, i think they i think they dirty them themselves i'm pretty yeah, sure now maybe, maybe i'm unveiling the secret no, but they fun. spray them down and i'm like this is just the most satisfying thing i've ever seen in my life no. the only thing more embarrassing than that i think is that my wife watches someone called the hoof gp or the cow gp where oh, no. they they clean the hooves of the cows and i'm like oh, i hate hooves and i'm like but she loves it <laughs> She absolutely loves it. And I suppose the only reason I'm bringing this up, just to bring this one to a close, actually, because you've been fantastic, Anna. Thank you so, so much. The only reason is, like, working with a florist, 
what they don't see, it, it's incredible that this man, who's a lovely man by all accounts, this Hoof GP, it really is incredible <laughs> that he that he saw it. What he's done is he just puts it all up on TikTok now or on Instagram and people go mad for it. They have millions of views, millions of comments. This is so satisfying. I fall asleep to this. You've got such a soothing voice, right? It's a man trimming and cleaning cow hooves at farms, right? <laughs> and yet a florist can't see that the beautiful artwork they do with these incredibly beautiful flowers is worthy yeah. of being in, in that space. It's in that kind of influencer space, isn't it? It's not just come and, you know, buy from our florist, but also yeah, yeah, yeah. want something to relax to in the evening, watch us arrange some flowers because it's really beautiful. Yeah. You know? So Hannah, what, what would you say your bearing in mind all these things we've been saying, your sort of your your guiding principle to people who are looking to sort of revamp their their social media and their influence work. What what do you think your guide your your guiding principle would be for? I would say the first thing to remember is you know what you're doing. So like people say, oh, I don't know. No, you know, as a business owner, you know what you're doing. You're the expert. So hone in on the. I always say word from the three most important things that matter to you as a business. Whether it, it might be we're in this amazing location, like look at this. It could be that you've you're a third generation of whatever it is that you do and you offer free delivery or something, whatever those three things are. And then you can expand all your content. How can you show that in different ways? How can you show that using different platforms, different parts of the platform? And then you've got your, you could, well, I could mind map that for days. Yeah. <laughs> but I think there's just loads of different ways you could expand on that. And it's a really good starting point, I think, I hope. Fantastic. Absolutely. Oh, it's been fantastic talking to you. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. It's been, it's honestly, I feel like I'm learning just an incredible amount about the fact that I need to audit my Instagram. I need to audit my Twitter. I need to audit my Instagram. I need to audit my Facebook. I mean, Hannah, I might, you might be getting an email being like, just please, just like send me some notes, send me some notes on my social media output. But also the fact that, like, and this is going (laughs) to alarm Jackie, this is going to scare Jackie. I might, I'm keen to try and become an influencer. I'm going to go and become very, very good at comprehensive. Why not? Why not? This Why not? Is, you've got to leave a cheat. We're going to now see Lyle on TikTok every day cleaning some hooves, cleaning, <laughs> some cleaning Alex's shoes. Yeah. <laughs> cleaning like, Alex's hey, shoes. She'd love that. <laughs> can, you, can you become an influencer and also become really, really useful <laughs> to me around the house? Like, she'd absolutely love that. I mean, <laughs> We're going to draw that to a close before she overhears me and brings any, like gets any mega, you know, interesting ideas. <laughs> Anna, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a real, real pleasure. And we'll link everything in the episode description as well, what you've been up to and sort of links of how to get in touch with you, Hannah, as well, if you're interested in, in seeking Hannah's expertise. And why wouldn't you? Because honestly, you've been fantastic to chat to this afternoon. Thank you so much. A few quick T's and C's from myself, listeners, before we let you all go for this episode of The Rest is PR. If you'd like to get in touch with us here at The Rest is PR, you can do so by emailing info at demozo.com or info at the rest is pr.com we'll pick up on both those email addresses and you can also visit both of those websites demozo.com for all things demozo and the rest is pr.com for all things the podcast you can also follow us at the rest is pr on x that might be the first time i've ever said you can follow us on x as i crease ever so slightly but x is what it's called so we're just gonna have to deal with it now capital t capital r capital i capital pr you can follow us on x if you so desire if you're still calling it twitter then that's where to go as well and you can also get in touch with us via linkedin jackie balls laughles and also respond to those messages and also connect with hannah if you're interested in getting in touch with hannah about uh, all things social media and strategy jackie same time next week what do you reckon 
100%. Brilliant stuff. Cannot wait to join you once again. But for now, listeners, take care of yourselves. From Hannah, from Jackie, and from myself, it's bye for now.